All right, and welcome back to another episode of the Gratitude and Grit podcast hosted by Nick Prohaska and Brad Hokinson. So we're doing another uh, special episode with our quarantine uh, part two. And we got Mr. Doug Prohaska here, and we're going to talk a little bit about food and planning your uh, your meals uh, during this interesting period. So, Doug, how we doing? Doing awesome. Great to be back in the uh, luxurious Hokinson Studios. <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> Um, so how are you doing during this, uh, during these events and these times? Yeah, doing well. I, I've, uh, I've been spending a lot of time, um, uh, studying, uh, studying the coronavirus and watching and tracking it. And, um, and then of course all the, you know, the government type stuff that's going on as a result of that. So it's, um, it's two to three hours a day just trying to stay informed. Yeah. Yeah. So what does uh, scientist Doug have to uh, provide insight well, for y- us? Well, you know, a uh, uh, couple of things I've learned this week, and and um, neither of them are, uh, are 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 broadly accepted yet. But a very interesting concept that's that's forming is that one of the first symptoms is lack of smell. Yep. And uh, so, just for everyone out there, if if you start that, doesn't mean that that is always the f- first symptom, but it might be something to be aware of. And then the other thing I've, uh, uh, that I learned is that the, um, you know, the immune system has, has really two parts to it. There's an innate, which is kind of the first line of defense. And then there's the specific. So we're born with the innate, uh, already in us. So, so as pathogens enter into us, COVID-19, for example, um, the, the innate, system actually talks to the uh, specific and says, well, have we dealt with this before? And of course, in this case, no. And so um, it tries to defend it. And if it can't, then of course, you know, then, then we get it. But what they're finding is that if they um, use a, a vaccine for another type of disease, for example, the one that they talked about was tuberculosis, go ahead and, and vaccinating the person for tuberculosis, which which activates the specific innate system, and then it talks to the innate, and it and it raises the activity or the or the or the immune system together, and yeah. it might actually be a way to lower the curve. Is really the whole objective, just trying to lower this curve so we don't overrun our our hospitals. Yeah, so. That's- Pretty cool stuff. Why tuberculosis? Did you? Uh... Uh, it was just the one they used. I, it was it, it in and even if you've already been vaccinated for it, they would do it again just to activate the immune system. So basically, just wake up your immune system. Correct. Did they talk about? Does that keep you from going to a respirator? Then you think because you're just going to have mild symptoms at that yes. point. So what's what's what is also not widely documented, but what it seems to be happening is those. Those folks with relatively strong immune systems have a week of kind of being under the weather. And then many times they'll either recover after a week or they'll, they'll, they'll take a steep dive down. So the key would be to keep that immune system up so that, that you could turn it back up after a week yeah. when, once your system recognizes and deals with it. It's interesting. Yeah. So tonight we wanted you to come back, as I mentioned in the last podcast, uh, we're all um, restructuring our lives for yeah. the new normal. 
Um, and we were all staying at home and working with our kids and we're now eating pretty much every meal at home now and, uh, hoping that we can get a little bit of insight on a little bit of structure. So the, um, the first part of, of what I wanted to talk about tonight, Brad, and then we'll get into some specific and, and hopefully timely, um, helpful tidbits for everyone. Um, often I get asked, what, what do I do for nutrition? I I don't know why people just come up to me and ask me about it. And most of the time they're not really sincere. And I, and so I have to, I figured out a way to kind of screen that. And I, and I just ask them if they're, you know, if they're satisfied with their body fat or with the way they look. And most of the time it's usually not. And so I just reply, well, if you're not satisfied with the way you look, then it's because of what you're putting in. It's right. as simple as that. And usually they, usually they go away. <laughs> not to be rude, but you could tell they're not really serious about making it happen. Those that do question me further, I give them this example. And I say, you know, you drive a gasoline car or a diesel truck or maybe an electric car, right? And you go to the gas station or the fuel station and there's multiple kinds of fuel there. And it's, and it's just, it's a fact that you know that if you drive a gas car, you're going to go to the gas pumps and you're going to put gasoline in. And if you're driving a diesel vehicle, you're not going to go to the gas pumps. You're going to go to the diesel pump and put diesel in. And of course, if it's an electric car, you're going to go plug it, plug in. it in. It's like common knowledge that we have choices at the fuel station, but we just know what's the, the appropriate fuel for the vehicle. We don't even question it. Yeah. And if you put gasoline, the, 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 the trucks have a big enough nozzle um, intake that if they went to the gas pump, they literally could put gas in it. And it would ruin the fuel pump. I mean, it would ruin stuff, right? So now I've got their interest. It's like, okay, so why did you tell me that? Well, is not a grocery store a fuel station? Yeah. It is, Right. Yeah. It's a fuel station. It's a little bit sexier of a fuel station. It's a little sexier. <laughs> okay, granted that. We'll come back to that. What I want to talk about um, right now is is the whole idea of of, of another construct. And uh, so if, you, if you're listening and you want to get a drink, get a drink. We're going to kick back. We're going to take you down the rabbit hole here a little bit. Uh, go ahead and take the red pill. Yeah. What I'm about to tell you is um, what Morpheus said to Neo is all I can tell you is that you're going to see the truth. Sounds, um, I'm, in, I'm hooked right okay, now. Okay, let's do this. <clears throat> um, so the whole concept, for those of, those of you that haven't seen The Matrix, was that there's this whole other construct of machines that, that, um, that actually controlled everything that the humans did. They, 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 um, they really were the behind-the-scenes controlling of this, this whole other construct, right? Right. And um, I'm going to submit to to our listeners tonight that we actually are living in a media construct right now and i'm talking about news i'm talking about commercials talking about social media i'm talking about um i'm talking about advertisements advertisements yeah did i i meant to say that yeah so and most of that stuff that we have inputted to us 
is controlled by someone behind the scenes with a purpose and generally money. Mm-hmm. And so I'm going to give, I'm going to kind of work through this and, and we are bombarded by what I call snapshots and, um, sound bites. So, you know, just using social media, for example, there is never a post that tells you the whole story about whatever the post is about, right? Mm -hmm. It's a snapshot, a picture, or it's a soundbite. It's a maybe factual, but it's not all of the facts, right? So we get this, we get this mass media um, movement simply by sound bites and snapshots and it can move the masses in a direction that may not be good for them and so um those of you that that listened to episode 14 where i talked about evolution and um that might have been a bit a bit much for you but but if you don't subscribe to the fact that we literally evolved on basically just a few foods and that being fats for energy, um, proteins for building cells, and carbs for some energy, right? Whole carbs, meaning from vegetables, from fruits, right? Not complex carbs. So, um, <clears throat> what do you mean did, by so, so? Elaborate a little bit on complex carbs. So, complex carbs would be the pastas and the breads and okay, and the sugars, anything you know that refine anything refined. So, and um, we didn't evolve on grains, even though grains were, were brought into the picture about 12,000 years ago in the 2 million year, um, evolution history of humans. That's the blink of an eye and we have not adapted. And maybe a half a million years from now, we'll be burning straight sugar. I don't know. Maybe we'll mutate to, to burn that stuff. I, I don't know. But today, um, we are meant we are not meant to burn refined carbohydrates. So why do we, why do we, um, why do we walk into a grocery store and think that everything that's there is actually food? I'm asking, I'm asking you. Why? Yeah. Um, cause we can consume it. So it is right. food. Right, mm-hmm. but it's most of it is not good food, not real food. Yeah, it's not yeah. real food. I mean, it's processed food and it's fabricated food and yep. um, all mm-hmm. those things. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, I don't know. I, so, I think the other thing too is 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 we enjoy eating. You know, it's become mm-hmm. a luxury, mm-hmm. and you know that's the other aspect of it. So you go there and you want to eat things that taste good and are colorful right. and right. You know, and in my line of work uh, previously, Brad, that is so spot on. Um, I, I worked in the industry where I would get to um, conferences and they would talk. These companies were providing food to um, to the masses and um, they they all knew they all did studies that the number one decision making in in um, people's uh, buying habits was because of taste. Doesn't matter what it is. It's taste. Yeah. Which is, which is spot on. You nailed it. When I walk into a grocery store, um, you know, I, I was raised, um, back at the farm and we, we, we produced all of our own food. We grew our own vegetables. We canned them. We put them in crop. We made cabbage. I mean, 
our sauerkraut, you know, we processed our own meat, we had our eggs, uh, we, d- we did it all. And so I walk into a grocery store today and I think, wow, how easy is this just to walk up to these cool little benches that hold all the produce or whatever, or the coolers that hold the, the meats and just pick out what you want. It's so friggin' easy. And I just, I always tell somebody that's working there, I said, I'm grateful for you doing all this, right? Yep. But then I also start looking at the products in there and out of a normal store, 50,000 item food items, I look at them and most of them are not whole foods. They have been manipulated in some way, maybe small, but in some way. And once man manipulates food, it changes the molecular structure of it and our bodies can't assimilate it. It's We don't recognize it. So I walk into a grocery store and I, I basically see those screens that are on, that are on the matrix where the, you know, the things, the, the, the lines of code, lines of code are coming down, you know, it's like, yeah. well, this stuff isn't even, it's, it's not even real, real, mm-hmm. you know? So, um, but it but tastes, anyway, but it tastes, tastes so good. good. Right? <laughs> see when that was in the matrix too. The, yeah. The cipher eating the steak, right? Yeah. Yeah. It tastes so good. That's the problem. Yeah. The thing that, that Greg Glassman of CrossFit has stumbled into is exactly what I'm talking about. And he's pushing into it in a big way. It's called CrossFit Health. But many of our health organizations have actually been um, funded by companies that produce food and may have a financial interest in getting the FDA, for example, to approve a food that might not be in our best interest. I'm just saying it's massive and it's very prevalent. So um, I can go through the the American Diabetes Association, American Heart Association, and they're all promoting things that are not healthy for us. Right. They're allowing it, right? Why is that? There's probably money behind it at yeah. some point. For for example, back in the early 1900s, there was a company. Actually, it still uh, exists today. There's there's an office here in Kansas City. I'm not going to name any names um, because we have not um, we don't have any disclaimers or anything like that in place. But <clears throat> they uh, were big into the uh, cotton. You know, cotton was a big thing from the beginning of this country to up up until the 1900s when they kind of wore the soil out. But they had they had <clears throat> you know a whole staff of researchers, and they were trying to figure out a way to extract more value out of um, cotton. In this case, the cotton seed, and they did this this experiment and um, this chemistry experiment, and they ended up with a product that looked kind of like lard. And one of the, this is fact, this is for, for real. One of the researchers said, well, that looks like lard. And that's what was the main cooking ingredient prior to 1900 or in 1900 turn of the century. And so they went to the American Heart Association, donated a bunch of money because they were big money back then. And the Heart Association said, okay, so shortenings, which is what they actually called it, are uh, okay for you. And the truth of the matter is, is shortenings, uh, which is, you know, cooking grease, like 
I'm not going to name any names, but right. you know what I'm talking about. Um, there it's, it's completely man-made. It's, com- it's, it's, none of it is recognizable by the human body. <clears throat> so, um, and there are, there are stories all the way along you know, over the next 50 to a hundred years. So my point is, is that we need to, we need to spend some time educating ourselves, which is what I'm going to do at the end of this tonight is give everyone some, something tangible to take home and, and work on if they just, if they so choose. So, so then Doug, let me just kind of go to a little bit of maybe more reality type situation. Yeah. So if we're sitting down to, you know, cook lunch or prepare lunch for our kids, um, what are some kind of guidelines or or some things that we can tangibly take away from that? So, say yep. bread, right? No or yes? Don't well, okay. So a slice of bread is the equivalent of about five teaspoons of sugar. Okay. When it's converted, and your bloodstream can handle one teaspoon of sugar. The other four teaspoons need to um, go into the cells of the body, and um, um, the the insulin is jacked. So that so that it can get the sugar into the cells because it's not recognized by the cells, and so um, probably not. Probably not. Probably probably not. So so then, what would you eat back on the farm? What would you eat for lunch? So well, we 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 would we were meats, and we did have potatoes. We raised our own potatoes. And then, of course, our own homegrown vegetables. And that was pretty much all of our meals yeah. with eggs in the morning. But for for the families out there that are struggling now, you know, um, cheese is actually not too bad. It depends on the quality of the cheese. So <clears throat> there's there's some fats in the cheese that will that will tend to hold the kids' appetite off a little longer. So you mentioned that you know, they want to eat all the time, right? Mm-hmm. So if you get some fats in there, um, they'll they'll feel more sati- satiated, right? So something like a dish of three, um, three things, maybe some cheese, um, maybe a half of an avocado, if you can get them to eat an avocado, right? Because that's, that's excellent fats. <clears throat> and then... Um, Protein. So, you know, proteins can come in, in, in many types of forms. I don't know if your kids would like, um, hard boiled eggs. That would be an excellent source of, of protein. There also is some fats in that. And then, um, nuts. Um, if you can, if you can prepare meat earlier in the week and then just take it back out and warm it up, um, that would be good. What you want to avoid is the, um, is the packaged meats, the, that have the sodiums and the nitrates and those, those things in them. So try to, try to get more fat that will tend to curb that, that appetite some, right? Now, some people are going to say, are you kidding me? I got it. My kids got to have carbohydrates, right? So if you're going to do carbohydrates, then do, do things like, um, I don't know, sweet, you know, sweet potatoes, things that are a little better, um, 
even though they have a lot of starch, their 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 vitamins and minerals are a little better than the white than the than the white starchy potatoes. And then of course, if they'll eat raw vegetables, you know, carrots, those are those are excellent. Right? And fruit as well. Some fruit. Um, you know, what's really interesting is that um, a lot of the fruits that we see as symbols of health, like bananas, for example. Well, there's two challenges with bananas. One, there's a lot of starch in a banana. And two, once you start eating a banana, you kind of feel like you need to eat the whole thing. Unless you can split it up between a couple of kids, right? So we tend to eat a lot of carbs in, in a banana, and we think that's, the, that's a great fruit. But it's really not one of the best fruits. So I stay with berries, strawberries, blackberries, blueberries, and um, raspberries. And so there again, you can just put a small handful on there, you know, and, um, and go that route. And you mentioned nuts earlier. Nuts are good. Nuts are great. Now, does it matter like whether it's almonds, pistachios, walnuts? Those are all good. <clears throat> the problem with nuts, first of all, they took all the, all the bulk nuts out of the stores during this pandemic. Yeah. So you can't, and, and what's left is very expensive. So I've pulled nuts out of my diet just because it's, they're not there and they're too, or they're too expensive. So might not be a great alternative, you know, um, <clears throat> another vegetable that, 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 that is really, really good. Um, but kids probably won't like it is, um, spaghetti squash and it takes a little bit to prepare it, but it's, it's excellent in, um, it's low carbohydrates and it's excellent in, in vitamins and minerals. And so it kind of, it kind of fills that gap of maybe it's looks like a carbohydrate. It looks yeah. like noodles, right? So. You've mentioned uh, spaghetti squash and avocados. There's no chance in hell I'm getting my kids to, <laughs> to eat either one of them. I won't even eat that stuff. Okay. But, <laughs> so there's no way to hell. So there you I'm, go. <laughs> but uh, no, it's, it's definitely good. You know, I think for me, um, I prepare my kids as lunch every day. So it's, it's a, su it's a sandwich. Yep. Um, just because that's my staple as yep. well. Um, but we do grapes, uh, we'll do apple slices. Yep. Um, and then we do, you know, like a fudge round or some mm -hmm. sort of processed, you know, yeah. snack. Uh, but nuts would be a good one. Yep. You know, carrots, we like the baby carrots every once in a while. Yeah. That's always a good thing. Yep. Um, yeah, so just, you know, trying to get away, I think for us parents, it would be a little bit more beneficial to try and, you know, substitute the fruit roll-up or substitute yes, the, definitely. you know, substitute those type of real bad things, you know, or the snack packs or the Jello, um, you know, and bring in something like, and I think, yeah. you know, peanuts are pretty good, um, pistachios are really good, and that would be a good one, so that's a good, that's a good, that's a good idea. But you I know, don't, I don't know if I see my kid going to lunch and, you know, open up his lunchbox and there's cold pork chop, you know? Right. Um, well now I, you know, I know you like the sandwich and you and I have talked specifically about ways to, to modify yep. your sandwiches. And I don't know if that's something like while you're at home could be done. Now that's something you probably wouldn't send to school with them, but you could certainly do that while they're home. Yeah. That's a healthy alternative and it's just, it fits the sandwich yeah. type thing. Yeah. I think that's trying to fill that that ingredient there, you mm -hmm. know, in my mind, 
Um, a sandwich is better than a Lunchable. Yes. Um, yes. Or a sandwich is better than some other processed, prepared yes, thing. Yes, absolutely. Um, but I recognize it. Um, it's not ideal. But, uh, yeah, it's kind of the go-to for, I mean, me, you know, a peanut butter sandwich, a jelly sandwich, a deli sandwich is kind of a go-to. Uh, but cheeses, you know, yeah. if you had three slices of cheese, it's kind of a snack. Yep. You know, kids are always looking for the finishing snack. Yeah. You know, they want the the ice cream sandwich or they want something to kind of they seal do. the deal. I mean, same with us. Yeah. I yeah. like it too. Yeah. You know, my kids love popcorn as like a finishing meal. Um, but yeah, that's kind of the tricky part with kids is, is that aspect of it. One of the things that, um, that I wanted to talk about was, was the juices yeah. and, um, <clears throat> juices are almost always pasteurized. So if you're buying juice, I would bet money that you can find on there that it's pasteurized. And so what pasteurize does is <clears throat> it increases the, the shelf life. It takes, it basically boils out the stuff that will spoil quickly. And so they, then they enhance it or enrich it with the vitamins and minerals that they take out, but those are synthetic vitamins and minerals. And, and those things are never, most vitamins and minerals are, um, are built up of building blocks. They're not just vitamin C, like you would think it would be in orange juice, right? In fact, orange, oranges or orange juice, <clears throat> we think of that as the vitamin C go-to, right? When you take orange juice, the grams of vitamin C versus the grams of carbohydrates, it's kind of a ratio to tell you, okay, how much bang am I getting for the sugar, all the sugar that I'm taking in, right? Mm -hmm. Out of 10 of the best foods for vitamin C, oranges rank the lowest. Orange juice ranks the, the lowest for mm -hmm. vitamin C as a percentage of the sugar that you're taking in. So what's the better one? <clears throat> uh, the best is, um, believe it or not, and this is what I saute <laughs> in my meals for my week, is uh, red and yellow bell peppers. So you get very few carbohydrates. They're whole carbohydrates, what, what you do get, and the vitamin C is off the charts good. Hmm. Just throwing that out there. Yeah. Yep. Well, that's, kind of, you know, that's a little bit of it during this period of time uh -huh. is you know, we're all at home, so we have a little bit more quote unquote lunchtime to prepare a few things. And if we can introduce a few meal or not meals, if we can introduce a few vegetables or other ingredients or things like that, then that's going to hopefully allow us to build something over the next, you know, probably 60 days. So you mentioned that, um, some of the frozen, you know, frozen, frozen vegetables or frozen fruit is, is okay. I'm okay with that. Right. But they're not available now. So you mentioned that some of the produce was available and I know it's more work and I know it's more expensive, but really if you want your children to have the juices, squeeze it out of the fruit. Don't buy it in containers because in fact, I couldn't even find um, a non-pasteurized juice in the health section when I was looking the other day. There is no such thing. Yeah. We're, so, we're lucky we don't, uh, we've never really got into the juice. Juice? Good. And uh, my one, my daughter, 
I paid her a hundred bucks last year to not drink soda. So. Okay. <laughs> and, uh, she did it. So good for her. And, um, so, you know, if, if you go away from soda or juice, mm-hmm. you know, you don't have that sugary desire. Right. And then if you drink one, it's not really good. No, no, it's no, too no. much. Yeah. And so she's and, pretty much a water, a water drinker. You know, she, if she opens up a soda, she might have three or four sips of it and then mm-hmm. that's it, which is fantastic. One of the things that I think is is extremely timely is, um, uh, and I know that you had mentioned it, um, Brad, in your last podcast with Nick, and and I had given you the name of a holistic doctor that I've, yeah, uh, and, and he is just one of many sources that I that I that I go to for my information. Right, I never just trust one source. But this guy isn't, you can tell he's got a disclaimer. He's not paid by anybody. He's just out there and uh, doing, doing what's right. And he put on a special <clears throat> or a YouTube that's about 15 minutes um, earlier this week. And it was specifically des- designed to educate us on the immune system and um, uh, vitamin C and vitamin D. And this guy, the reason I so respect him is he he puts it in a way that even your kids could understand. Yeah. And so what I want to submit to the listeners is that take this time and schedule in um, 10 to 15. Most of his YouTubes are only 10 to 15 minutes in length. There's a few that might be a little longer. And if someone wants me to help guide them on which ones to watch, I'd be happy to do that. But, but, this one on his coronavirus and and trying to maintain your best immune system was fantastic, and it's timely. So um, reach out to me. I'll I'll guide I'll guide whoever wants that and direction. The name of the doctor? It's Doctor Sten S T E N Eckberg E K B E R G. Yeah. He and he's a holistic doctor. He's not a medical doctor, and I go to medical doctors for a lot of my other stuff, but. He's a holistic doctor, and he's he's phenomenal. You sent me the podcast or his episode on YouTube about the ten foods to not eat, right? And that was that's a really good one too. Oh my gosh, that you yeah. can watch with the kids. It basically is every food I eat is on that list, which is <laughs> pathetic and terrifying. Which is kind of kind of what I talked about earlier. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but uh, it was a good one. Um, you know, and I think maybe to kind of wrap it up is. Do you go back to, and I know we talked about your diet in the last episode, but do you go back to a, essentially a paleo or whole food diet? Is that your guiding star? So for me, I'm a, I'm ketogenic and, and I'm, I'm not quite, uh, I've tweaked mine. Um, and that's why you can't really just tell everyone, okay, ketogenic's the way to go because everybody's got different things going on. But for me, my fats are not as high as the ketogenic would recommend. Normally, a ketogenic diet, you re- they recommend 75% of your grams come in or your calories come in as fats and 25 as proteins. And then, you know, oh, excuse me, 75, 20, and then five is carbohydrates, whole, car- you know, from vegetables and, and mm-hmm. fruits. My, my um, ketogenic is I'm 100 grams of, fats, I'm 100 grams of protein, and I'm about 40 to 50 grams of whole carbs. That's my balance. And I do that because I'm still working out hard and I need protein and I want protein to rebuild cells. So that's kind of why I've done it that way. 
Yeah. But for everyone listening, what I would really say is I'm a whole food guy. I shy away at the earliest signals of, of having any modification done to the food, unless I'm cheating, right? You know, Um, if it's been modified by man, like I said earlier, if, if man has tweaked it, it's the, it changes the molecular structure and our bodies don't recognize it. And that's really for our whole um, session on um, insulin resistance. If, if we do it. Yeah. So, so basically if we look at a food and we see the lines of code, like the matrix, yeah. <laughs> then we need to stay away from it. If it's got, yeah. And especially if it has, you know, like soybean oil, corn oil, sunflower oil, hydrogenated oil, partially hydrogenated oil, get a red, red, um, biohazard bag and put it in there because it's literally toxic to you it's amazing it, it would scare you if you really knew what was in yeah it. so yeah that's that's good to know yeah okay um let's talk just real quick about uh the amount of calories we're consuming right now during this period of time so okay. you've been working at home for yep. a while mm-hmm. um and i think last time we talked about you eat about 1800 to 1900 calories a day yeah, between 1800 and 2000 okay yep. So is that where you think the kind of little bit of the sweet spot is, as for a lot of us that are now working at home and we're walking probably half of the steps that we have been, even though we might take an afternoon walk or a lunch walk or something like that, but we're not huffing and puffing around the office like we would right. traditionally or, or right. something like that. So what's your, what's your thoughts on okay. the amount of calories we're consuming right now? So the uh, the density of, of um, carbohydrates, in other words, the actual energy that you're getting out of carbohydrates is about a tenth of what you would get out of fats. So to just sit there and say that 1,800 to 2,000 calories is the right calorie intake is really um, not the right thing to say. It's more about what is your mix of carbohydrates versus proteins versus fats. And if you're, if you're on the lower end of fats and you're more into the carbohydrates, you're probably going to need to be, for an adult, higher, 2,300, maybe 2,500, because there's the, the, the energy in carbohydrates is less dense. Proteins are kind of in the middle. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah, I'm just a little concerned that working from home, I'm not walking as much or being as active as much. Even I think now we're going to work out more because mm-hmm. we have more time. So we're probably going to work out seven days a week. Yeah. So we might get okay. in that extra one or two workouts, but I guarantee we're all consuming a little bit more alcohol. Yeah. And so I that's that too. Yeah. I guarantee <clears throat> you we're consuming a little bit more food because it's readily available. And especially as we feed our kids and you tend to eat more mm-hmm. of the, you know, as you prepare their meal, you'll have a couple bites yep. of this, a couple bites yep. of that. And so... Again, you cannot outwork a bad diet, and I Can't. feel like we're this is this environment is pushing us more towards that. That, yeah. So, I think just trying to watch our intake a little bit more. Okay. Yeah. All right, Doug. Well, thank you very much for joining us. You're and then, uh, if you have any other um, thoughts or ideas that you want us to talk about um, during this uh, quarantine period, then uh, please let Nick or myself know through podcast at kcicrossfit.com or uh, let us know on the Facebook page or shoot us a text. So much appreciated. You're welcome. And just uh, once again, I want to offer to anyone, just reach out to me. If you, if, if you don't have my contact info, I'm on Facebook. 
I would be glad to kind of steer you in in a direction, kind of like I've done with you, Brad. Just a just a little, steer, yeah. you know, not not nothing aggressive, but kind of get you going in a different direction. I'd be happy to help. Much appreciated. You I bet. will say that going away from the the lunch sandwich to yeah. the lunch wrap, yeah. with chicken, lettuce, cheese, and some sour cream, yeah, is a game changer. How about that? It's unbelievable. <laughs> so I uh, much appreciate that. There you go. All right, thanks, guys. Take okay. care. <laughs>